pray. Lord, truly we're happy tonight, O oh God, because we know the windows of heaven are open, O oh God. And truly, Lord, we believe that you're pouring down your blessings upon us this evening, O oh God. Father, we thank you that this morning, Lord, you poured out much of your blessings upon us, O oh God. And Lord, this evening, we come once again, Lord, hungering, O oh Lord God, for you to once again, Lord, minister to our souls and our hearts, O oh God. But we know it's not just the people that are present here, but Lord, there are many, Lord God, on the streaming as well, Lord. Father, we know that you're a God who will offer to cover us all the space and all the time, O oh Lord. Father, we know you're a God who oh will go beyond the voices, O oh God. And Lord, we pray tonight to Lord. The Father, you won't move only here, but Lord, you're moving home, so God. Father, that tonight the blessings will not fall all in this room, but Lord, it will fall in the homes of zero God. The Father, the joy, O Lord, will not be only in our hearts, O Lord, but it will be in the hearts of them that are home, O zero God. Father, we ask that you move in a special way this evening, Lord. Father, we ask in you, O Lord, to speak to us, O Lord. Father, I just yield myself to you, Lord, to be just a vessel, Lord God. Father, I pray the Lord, you step into this boat, O Lord, as you did one day. Oh God, and Father, you speak to your people for you know the need of oh God. And Lord, may your word become real, Lord, to us, the Lord, this day, your Father. May you bring a revival in our souls, the Lord. May you quicken us, the Lord God. May you change us, may you transform us, Lord. May you drop down, Lord, to change the Lord. May you break bars, the Lord. May you to have the Father, Lord, revive a joy in our souls, the Lord God. May you to have the Father change us to be in the image that you want us to be in, oh God. For Lord, we are longing for that day, Lord. That you come and take us away, Lord. Father, we surrender all that we are to you this evening. We thank you for the song service, the Lord God. We pray now you take the word of God and make it alive unto us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and thank you musicians. Thank you, Brother Marion. We're here this evening and be sure I'm sure did enjoy the word this morning. Amen. How many did enjoy the word this morning? Amen. And we, we're looking forward to the Lord. And it was very interesting on Wednesday, Brother Ed came to speak. And I, he just took the very same scriptures that I was going to take this evening. So we thank the Lord for the spirit that was moving that way. And he preached more than half of the sermon that I was going to speak on. So we had to go and wait on the Lord and see what he had. And so we, we, we believe he has something for us this evening. And this morning as well, he came and he started from Isaiah. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> you know, and he started to say six. And I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> but then he took Isaiah 61. But this evening, we'll be taking Isaiah 60. And we will still go back to Matthew 25. And we'll be picking up different things from Wednesday and from this morning as well. So we thank the Lord for the moving of the Spirit. Amen. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. God bless you, Brother Ed. Amen. Let's stand to Isaiah 60 and we'll read the first two verses. And then we'll go to Matthew 25 and we'll read for 6 and 7. Isaiah 60, 1 to 2 says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Matthew 25, 6 and 7. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed your lambs. The Lord had his blessing to read of the word, you may have your seat. 
Amen. This evening I want to talk about a rise to your light. Amen. It is not someone's light, but it is your light. Amen. It was very interesting last Wednesday. I really enjoyed the service. Enjoyed it this morning as well. And last Wednesday, I don't remember who came to pray to close the service. But as they came to pray, uh, they started to tell the story about your granddaughter. And they said your granddaughter was dark in the evening and you put the granddaughter to sleep and the granddaughter, you know, the, the turn off the lights and the granddaughter said, it is, it is dark in here, Grandpa. And he said, it is dark in here, I cannot see myself. See, there is something about darkness. You know, when there is dark, you cannot see yourself. When there is darkness, you don't know where you're walking. You don't know where you're actually going when there is darkness. And Brother Branham says in the message, Shalom, Sierra Vista, Sunday 1964 said, gross darkness is upon the people. And of course, this is, a pro- this is a prophesying of the day that we are living now, that we are now living. Amen. See, this word, this scripture that we read in Isaiah is not talking about, you know, some old time, but it's talking about the moment, the time that we are living in right now. It is a time of darkness. Amen. And it keeps on to say, we are the world is in one of the most chaotic times of darkness that has ever stood in. What is that? And yet it is standing in again, the most blessed Lord that it ever did shine. Amen. And he said the difference is just like it was in the beginning. He said when there was gross darkness upon the earth. And he said and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and said let there be light. And God separated the light from the darkness. And I believe that we are now living in that hour again. That when God is separating the light from the darkness and is pressing it towards the other side of the world that the light might be made manifest. Amen. And when we are talking about a Lord, you see, we're not just talking about a Lord that is coming to a group of people, but knowing what we want to look at is a Lord that is coming to an individual person. It is your own personal Lord. It is not a Lord for people. It is not a Lord for message believers. It is a Lord for a message believer as an individual. It is not a Lord for a church. It is a Lord for a people, for an individual person. Amen. It is a word that has come to you. It is a revelation that you must know. It is not a revelation to the pastor alone. It is not a revelation to the song leader alone. It is not a message to the song leader or to the preacher, but it is a message to the bride of Christ. And if you are the bride of Christ, it must become something personal to you. Amen. Amen. Because when the Lord came... And we know what we're talking about when we talk about the light. The light came, you know, one time for you to know who you are. It came to let you know what you have been entitled to. It came to make you know where you came from. It came to make you know where you were going. It came to make you know what your inheritance is. See, it didn't come to just make it known to a bunch of people, but it came to make it known to you. Because, see, God wants to live in a people. God wants to deal with an individual. God is not dealing with a bunch of people. God is still an individual level. See, on that day, it is you that is going to stand before the Lord. It is not the church that is going to stand before the Lord, but you individually. It is you that will have to answer for your action. So this Lord that has come, it is not a Lord for a group. This is a Lord for an individual. Amen. 
But you see, if the light is to come, there must be an eye that will see the light. But we're living in a Laodicean age where the people are blind, where the people are naked. See, even if there is a light, they cannot see it. Why? Because that is the condition of the age. It's an age of blindness. It is an age of nakedness. It is an age that they think they know it all, but they know nothing of what is going on, and they cannot see the light. Amen. You can have an eye, but if you are in darkness like the little girl said, see, she had an eye, but because there was darkness, she said, I can't see myself. But you can have the eyes, you can have, there can be darkness, there can be a light. But if your eyes are blind, then there is no way that you are going to see the light. And that is what Laodicea is today. It is blind. There is a light. But Laodicea cannot see it. But I want you to notice that you are a privileged person. That you are not just another person. That you are not considered as a Laodicean. But you have been considered as the bride of Christ. And as a matter of fact, God has come down with a light that is personal to you. And I think it's time for some people to wake up and know that there is a light that is Come to you. Amen. Because gross, gross darkness is upon the people. Now for a man to walk right, you know, he bought knees an eye, and he bought knees an eye. See, for you to walk, you can have an eye, but if you don't have the light and you're walking down in darkness, there's no way you are going to see. So you see the importance of the eye. The eye is important as much as the light is important. Amen. But now we want to look at what is this light that we're talking about. In a message, Christ is revealed in his own word, Jeffersonville, 1965. Brother Branham says, so we are, so we see the evening light is here. And indeed, we are seeing the evening light is here. And he said, what does it do? What does it, what does it do to have light? If you don't have an eye to see how to get around in it. What is the evening light? He said, the light has come on to reveal something. Amen. Brother Branham said, the Lord has come to reveal something. Amen. And he said, is that right? If there is something here you feel and you can't understand what it is in the darkness, then turn on the light. It is to reveal. What's Malachi for to do? See, do the same thing. What was the opening of the seven seals to do? Where are all these denominations talking around in this? It's to reveal, bring out. If you haven't got any eyes, then what's the use of, what is the use to reveal? There has to be eyes first to see, is that right? And it said to reveal Malachi 4, reveal St. Luke 17, 30, reveal St. Saint, Saint John 14, 12, also John 15, 20, 24, and 16, 13. And it said, and it is also to reveal Revelations 10, 1 to 7. 
the opening of the seals and the seventh angel's message to open up, to reveal what the evening light has come. Amen. So now we can understand and know that this light that we are talking about, it is a message. Amen. But Brother Branham was saying, you know, if you have a light coming without an eye, then there is no point at all of it. So if God is sending a message, then he will make sure that there is an eye that is going to see that message. If God is sending a light, he's going to make sure there is an eye that is going to see the light. And guess what? He didn't choose any other people to be that eye, but you and I right now. Amen. As we had on this morning, see the fan on the back of the fish. It was there because God was going to make a water for that fish to swim on it. See, if God is bringing a light, there's got to be an eye. And you are that eye. Amen. And I believe it is time to arise to this light. Amen. In Luke chapter 10, here are the 70, amen. And God sent them out. And as they went out, sorry, man, I've been sitting a lot. I'm kind of out of, uh, out of um, exercise, you know, so. We'll see how it goes. Amen. Pray for me. <laughs> Amen. There's been a lot of sitting this week. But anyways, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, And the seven to return again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and not also by any means hurt you. And it said, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the Spirit is subject unto you, but rejoice rather, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. You see, one of you ought to notice, if this Lord had not come, we would not have known that our names were written there even before the foundation of the world. You see, we were told a lie that our works was what was going to put our names up there. We were told that according to how you live, and now God was writing down a book, but now we've been told that the book was already written. Your name was already there. And it's saying, do not rejoice if you get an healing. Do not rejoice. Rejoice of the miracle only, but rejoice of one thing, that your name has been written there. Hallelujah. And you want to say that Jesus was a quiet person? Look at the next verse. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. He was a man. He was God made flesh. And he knew how to rejoice. And I believe there ought to be a people who also know how to rejoice. Because if that same Jesus is in you, then you also will rejoice. Because it's our rejoice, not because of the works. But rejoice, because your names are written in the book. And there's a light that has come to make you know that your name is in there. 
not because of what you've done, not because of your good works, but because God chose you. Hallelujah. And said, I think thy tongue, thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast said these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Amen. He didn't reveal it to some great people, but he revealed it unto babes. He revealed it unto a people. You know, many of us can, can recall our background, and I believe many in here are not coming from some great, you know, rich family and some great, you know, royal families. You see, they their places in the palaces and let them stay there. But God called the lowest of all. If you look at his disciples, these men couldn't even write your names. These men didn't know anything about education. But that is what God called. These are the people that he said, I am going to reveal myself to. Amen. He said, all things are delivered to me of my father. And no man knoweth the son. No man knoweth who the son is but the father. And who the father is but the son. And he to whom the son will reveal him. And he has revealed it to no one, but he revealed it to you. Amen. And a turn. And he, turned him, he, in it, and he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Amen. See, this is not a public show anymore. See, the public show is done gone. But this is now a private time. This is a time that it is you and him in the garden as we had this morning. It is him. You know, this is a secret place. You see, the only person who knows what is in the garden is the one who made the garden. Amen. And he's put a gate around it. He put a wall around the garden. And now he's coming to his garden to fellow on his garden. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I tell you this morning, I was rejoicing in my home because God has come to his garden. Hallelujah. It is a secret place. Brother, I show the pictures. It is, it is surrounded. There's a gate. It is a secret place. It is private. It is him and you alone. Hallelujah. He said, Blessed are you, are the eyes which see the things that you see. Amen. Him coming to us, Lloyd. And the Lloyd, is a, the Lloyd, as he said, is a personal done. And today it has become, the Lord has become a life that is living in you. And we caught him many times in Revelation chapter 10. Verse 8, that we have decided, we ourselves have asked him and said, give me the book. See, you have told him to give you the book. Why? Because it wasn't you, but it was a deep in you. Because as I said, if there had to come a light, there had to be an eye. And if there is an eye, it is going to be attracted to that light. And the God in you said, give me that book. And you took that book. And you had that book. And now you have become the light. Oh, glory be to God. And when that light came into you, 
It was not about a revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. And now you have become the Lord. And verse 24 said, For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear but have not had them. See, you are a privileged person. You are not just another person on earth. God could have brought Paul in here, but he didn't choose Paul. God could have let Elijah wait and bring Elijah at that time, but he didn't. These were great men. And we look at the book of faith in Hebrews 11, and we can see the great works that they've done. But in it all, in Laodicea, in the most hardest time, in the most darkest age, he didn't choose any other group of people but you and me. Do you think that the Lord thinks lower than you than he thought of Paul? Do you think he thinks lower of you than he thought of Elijah? No, he doesn't. If you were called to be a bride, you were called to be a bride. If a man marries a wife, he doesn't just like a part of her. He likes all of her. And the bride is from Genesis to Revelation. And if you were part of the book, you were still considered a bride. You were still his own. Amen. And I believe it has come time for us to arise to this light, amen. See, I believe it is time that if we have been sitting down for some time, I think it's time for us to stand on our feet. If you go all the way back to the book of Psalm chapter 1, Psalm 1 from verse 1, indeed he started to talk about a blessed man. But when you start to look at it, another thing that he is saying, it is showing you the steps that you take unto backsliding. Because notice, because this man was walking, and then he stood, and then he sat. And he said, blessed is the man that does not do these things. So when you are walking with the Lord, the next thing the enemy wants to do is to let you stand for a moment. And let you feel comfortable in your place. And the next thing he does, it'll make you sit for a little while. And then start to talk to you. And then start to do different things to you. But this evening your light has come. And if you have been sitting down, I think it's time to stand again. And if you have stood, I think it's time to start walking. Because when you start walking, very soon you find that you are able to run. And when you notice you are able to run, you will soon notice that you are able to fly. Amen. If we have been a time that we have been sleeping, it is time for us to be awake. The bridegroom is calling. Arise, make yourself ready. We saw this morning the preparation of the bride for, you know, for the wedding ceremony. You know, they're doing everything they can to prepare themselves. The one that ought to be prepared is the bride. Amen. Because the Spirit of the Lord is moving this evening. I believe that He's here. 
Because he never misses one appointment. And I believe that is here. That he's wanting to unite with you. He's wanting to have that invisible union with you. He's wanting to take preeminence in the people. One that we ought to notice, that we know this very well, is that this woman that we live in, we are the moon. And the moon is here to reflect the light of the sun. In other words, the moon reflects the absence of the sun. But you see, the moon, can, however, can the moon cannot shine if the sun is not shining somewhere else. See, the moon is still shining based on the strand of the sun. And that's what the church ought to be doing. The church ought to be shining still based on the revelation of the word. She ought to be shining by feeding on nothing but the S-O-N. She ought to be shining by doing nothing but letting him and the word and you become one. Because there's coming a day, there's coming a day that the sun is going to blend in. The moon is going to blend in with the sun. And there will be no more moon because we'll be going to a land where there's going to be on the sun. And the lamb is going to be the light. Amen. But until then, you were called to be the light. Until then, you were called to be the red and the pistol that has been red of all men. Until then, you were called to give the fragrance. Amen. Because we've come to a time that the Lord is separating the light from the darkness. Brother Branham continues in Shalom Sierra Vista. And it's out and, it's, and only one thing separates it. Talking about the light and the darkness. It's out and only one thing separates it. The word manifested. Separates. It presses it to the other side. Here's the darkness on earth. But when the word, but when the manifested word, when the manifested word of God, the Son which is the spoken, which was spoken into existence by the word. Wait, let me read that again. I messed up my grammar here. Talking about the separation between the light and the darkness. He said, and only one thing separates it. The word manifested. Separates, expresses it to the other side. Here's the darkness on the earth. But when the manifested word of God, the Son, which is A-D-S-U-N, which it was spoken into existence by the word, show itself, darkness run to the other side. And that's what's taking place right now. Darkness separating itself from the Lord. Amen. It is a separating time. In Laodicea, the light from the darkness. It is time that is coming for a bride, for a chosen people. Amen. 
And as the Lord has come, it has come to separate you from the uncertainty that is in the world to give you certainty. It has come to separate you from the confusion that is in the world to give you stability. It has come to separate you from the anxiety and the depression and the news and the dirty stuff that is going on in the world to give you life, to give you light, to give you joy, to give you peace. That is what the Lord has come for. But in order for the separation to happen, the word must be made manifest. See, when the word is made manifested in you, then every darkness ought to flee. Because when the light comes, there is no way the darkness can stand in his way. And when the word is made flesh in you, there is no way the darkness can still stay in you. And so that is what brings the separation between the darkness and the light. That is what brings the separation between you and the world. We all can look back when we were in the world, lost in darkness. But when we came to the light, when the light came into us, we didn't do anything. But things started to drop. The last started to drop. The sin started to drop. Everything started to drop. Why? Because the light was made manifest. Yeah. And when the light is made manifest... Darkness out of flee. See, many words have been spoken about Jesus. See, all the way through the New Old Testament, they prophesied about his coming. They prophesied about a virgin birth. They prophesied about men and about his king that is coming. But you see, the word as it was, it was just the word that was there and it was waiting for the time of his manifestation. But then one day that they came, that our word was made manifest. And in Matthew 4 verse 14 says, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now I want you to notice that this was the land of the Gentiles. This wasn't the land of the Jews. This was the land of you, of your Gentile. And I want you to notice what happens next. He said the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And what was that light? It was that prophesied word became flesh in a man called Jesus. When the word became manifest, a city that was in darkness turned into light. And when the word becomes manifest in you, you as a city in darkness becomes a light. It is time to arise. Arise to your light. And to them which sat in the region of the, sh- and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. Amen. When the word is made manifest, and we have received the message, and we are living in a time that a message is being made manifest in the people, and if the message is being made manifest in the people, then the people ought to be shining the light of the age. The people ought to be the light of this darkness. The people ought to be the bright shining light. 
That is what you were called to be. That is what I am called to be. Because notice, the prophecy was concerning Jesus. It was something personal about a certain person, and that was Jesus. And this message is concerning the people, and that is you. And if it has come, then it ought to be made manifest. See, David, David was a little guy. You see, he was herding sheep because he wasn't much to look upon. See, just a little road, the guy, Brother Branham, was set. But you see, there came a time that God needed, God wanted to really give them a can. And when God looked around and sent someone to go down to the house of Jesse, and as he went to the house of Jesse, now here came all the sons of Jesse. And sure, Samuel looked and thought, you know, perhaps this is the guy or this is the guy. But you know, God rejected all of them. But you see, there was a message that was given to Samuel to say, Samuel, you go and anoint a certain person that I am going to choose. And among all the people, see, God didn't choose any of the great men that were in there, but he chose David. And you see, the message came to David. And when the message came and Samuel got to know that this is the chosen of the Lord. Now, what did Samuel do? Samuel anointed David. And someone anointed David and told him, now you are being anointed to become a king. And David received the message. But the next day, David went back herding sheep. See, David was told that he was going to be a king. But the next day, he went back herding sheep. But one day he came to a scene. Now remember that as the Lord was speaking, you know, as we were reading in Luke chapter 10, that, you know, to unto them was given power. You know, it was given power over the scorpions and over all those things that the enemy was subject to them. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning. See, you know, David was commissioned. But you see, the sign was following David. Because God had given to him the sign. Look at the people, the disciples, when they went out. It was God who told them to go. And they just followed the commandment. But then the sign was following them. See, we are not going after a sign, but a sign following us. So David come to a scene. And you know, as he come to the scene, there is a man that is boasting himself there. And he's supposed to be a great champion. But I want you to notice something. Let's just go back for a minute to the moment that David goes back to herd and sheep. You see, we came to this message. And when we got to know this message, you know, we started to walk with the Lord. But still, you know, we weren't fully convinced or we weren't fully changed, I must say. And, you know, sometimes we'll fall back in our old ways. And, you know, different things will happen and we'll fall back here and there. But all along, there was a commission. There was something that was given to us. And that is that you have been called to be the bride of Christ. See, David was called to be a king. Now, the way that he was going to be a king was up to God. That wasn't up to David. Now, the way that you were called to become a bride, it is up to God. That is not up to you. So, David... 
he goes back herding sheep. And you know, one day a bear came on the land. But now he has been anointed. A bear came and he took the bear and he slew the bear. And the lion came and he took the lion and he slew the lion. And in your walk, as you were walking on with the Lord, as you walking to become this queen, you know the bear came and you slew the bear. And the lion came and you slew the lion. Now why are you scared of Goliath? Notice. The way you become the bride, it is to him. David knew was commissioned. David knew was message. David had a personal revelation of Jesus Christ himself. And when he came to Goliath, he looked at them and he said, But the same God who slew the bear and slew the lion is the same one who's going to slew this Goliath. If you have slain the bear, if you have slain the lion, then you will slay the Goliath. Because it is the same Lord. It is the same God. It wasn't David who slew the bear and the lion, but it was the power of God that was on David that done the work. It wasn't you who slew the lion. It wasn't you who slew the bear, but the power of God on you done the work. And it is the same power that is going to slay Goliath too. And what did David do? David picked up rocks. And what is a rock? A rock is a revelation. David picked up the revelation that he had of Jesus Christ. And if you are facing a Goliath, pick up the revelation that you have of Jesus Christ. That is what is going to say Goliath. It is not your strength. It is not how long you've been in the message. It is about the revelation. That is what will say Goliath. It was the revelation that he had that he knew that Goliath is coming down because the same God who slew the bear is the same God who slew this Goliath. Because the battle it not was, wasn't David's, the battle was the Lord's. There was one time that Jehoshaphat was good with her. The Moabite came and they surrounded Judah. And when they surrounded Judah, Jehoshaphat went to pray. And he asked the Lord, what would I do? And the Lord spoke to Joseph through the prophet of the age. And I think it was Jehazel or something like that. And Jehazel, the word of the, word of the Lord came to Jehazel. And Jehazel rose and he spoke. And he told David and he told Jehoshaphat. He said, the Lord has said. That as you're going against these Moabites, he said, you will not have to fight. Let's turn to that. I think it, let's go to 2 Chronicles 20. I don't think I...
Second Chronicles 20. Let's read from verse 15. And he said, Hearken, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king, o Je- king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid, nor dismay, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. See, David stood there with the revelation that it wasn't him, but it was God. The battle is not yours, it is God's. And it said, tomorrow, go ye down against them. Behold, they come by the, by the cliff of Zez. And, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jurel. Now listen to this. And it said, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Glory be to God. You will not fight in this battle. Hallelujah. This is our God. He's mighty in battle. He's the God of war. He's the God of battle. He has not even lost one battle. And I don't know what you're going through, but the same God is on the scene. Hallelujah. He says, set yourself, stand, stay, and stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Amen. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. You're facing a battle, tomorrow, go out. The Lord will be with you. Friends, the Bible, it is not a history book. If God said it in Chronicles, it is still alive today. If God said it to Jehoshaphat, he said it to you. Amen. So David went up and defeated Goliath, as we know. Because he had a personal revelation of who Jesus Christ is. But there was another great man by the name of Joshua. And Joshua also received a message. Now I want you to notice something. Now we know that Joshua types the Holy Ghost. Amen. Joshua is the type of the Holy Ghost. And we know Brother Branham fulfilled both the, the, the Moses and the Joshua commission. We know that. And it said the Holy Ghost, which is Joshua, is going to be leading the bride. And now... Joshua is the type of the Holy Ghost. But now where is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is in you, which is the bride. And it is to lead you. So now here is the word of the Lord that comes to Joshua. 
And if Joshua is the type of the Holy Ghost, then here is the word of the Lord that comes to the Holy Ghost that is living in you. And now listen to the word the word said. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, came, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, thy serv- Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, speaking to Joshua. Amen. And he said, Joshua, now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I give unto them, even to the children of Israel. And it said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given unto you. Now this is what has been told Joshua. And remember, it's a type of the Holy Ghost in you. As I said unto Moses, be strong and of good courage. For unto, his, unto this people shalt thou devise one inheritance the land, which I swear, I swear unto their father to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Amen. So that is what has been told him. This book which Moses left, this message which has been left to us. Meditate upon him day and night. Joshua, that is what you're supposed to do. Don't depart from him. Stay with that message. Amen. Amen. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. That is what it told Joshua. Be strong. And the Joshua is living in here right now. And the same, be strong. Don't depart from this message. Stay with this message. Stay with this word. That is the one that's going to give you the rapture and faith. Turn not to the right. Turn not to the left. Meditate upon it day and night. Because you and I in ourselves are never going to be able to do all that is written in the Word. But it's the Holy Ghost in you that is going to empower you to do the work. Amen. Amen. Because there is a land that has to be possessed. There is a land that is called the Word that has to be possessed. And the light, the shine, the revelation upon the Word has come. 
and it is coming you so that you through the lenses of those light you can look through this word and know who you are and know where you're coming from and know your inheritance and know that when the devil comes to you and is telling you a lie you can point back to this word and say that is not what my father told me because he has sent me a light that I can look through it and the light tells me that I am free the Lord tells me that I am a son and daughter of God the Lord tells me that this is my time for manifestation you may say to me well you know what I have possessed much of the land oh my time is running amen Pardon me. I never go long, but we just want to let the Spirit of the Lord do His work. Amen. He's just been telling me over the weekend. We just want to bring it out. Amen. Amen. Now you may say to me, but you know, I, 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 have, I have possessed much of the land. See, I, I know all the mysteries that is in the book, and that is good. You know, to know all the mysteries, and that is great. You must say to me that I can explain every doctrine using only the Bible. And that is good. That is all we ought to do. We ought to be able to explain every doctrine using only the Bible. Because the message came to shine the light on the Bible. But Abraham didn't bring anything new. He brought just what was written in the Bible. Amen. You must say to me, I have defeated many our enemies. And that is good. But you see, sometimes we rely on that. And we forget about the Hittites that are sitting on our crop, that are eating some part of our holiness. That Hittite that is sitting on your crop, that is taking away your peace. Or that Amorite. That it just wouldn't let you go and let you serve the Lord or you way you ought to. Or what about the Jebusite? What comes all the time and keeps telling you lies and keeps telling you that you're worth nothing? What about the Hittites? What about the Amorites? See, Joshua was sent in the land to take all the land. And it is great that you've broken down the walls of Jericho. That is a great wall work that you've done by the grace of the Holy Ghost. But the Hittites are still sitting there. The Amorites are still sitting there. The Jebusites are still sitting there. What about them? The land is all yours. The commission to Joshua was be thou courageous. You go ahead and you take all that I have given to you. This promise was unto Israel. This promise was unto his chosen people. The promise of joy, it is unto you. The promise of peace, it is unto you. But it is through the light, it is through the revelation of who you are, 
That is what will bring you to take everything that is yours in the land. Amen. It is time to arise. The light has come. The glory of the Lord. It has not been risen upon another person, but it said the glory of the Lord has been risen upon you. The scripture said, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. It is your light. It is your light, young people. It is your light, Dad. It is your light, Mom. It is your light. It is not someone else's light, but your light. The glory is risen upon you. Every portion of the land is yours. Go and take it. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan. Go over the doubt. Go over the fear. It is you, Joshua. Go over the, go over the fear. Go over the Jordan. Go over the sin barrier. But Abraham said it's unlimited the things that you can do. When you break that sin barrier. And that's the commission to Joshua. Go over this Jordan. The only thing that was standing on the way to get to the land was Jordan. But guess what? The same God who opened the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. The same God who opened the Red Sea is the same God who opened the Jordan. Hallelujah. The same God who brought you out of the world, that brought you out of, the, of Egypt, is the same God who will break that sin barrier. Hallelujah. Drop the cold shackles, brethren. Be on fire for Christ. This is the word of God. He said, rejoice. Not so much because of the possession of the land, but because your name. Glory. Because your name. Your name must be written in the book. And because your name is written in there, every possession is yours. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, mine, I feel good. Hallelujah. Because our names have been put down. You know, Satan can come. And he'll try to rob your name off. And he'll try to rob it. And he'll try to rob it. And he'll blow over it. But he will look. And the name is still there. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. 
The name has been written with the blood of the Lamb. No one can rub that name off. And because your name is there, go over the Jordan. This shine shall follow you. It will follow them that believe. It is not you going after the signs, but it is the sign following the believer. Because his name, because her name is written on the book. Hallelujah. And he told Joshua, every place that the soul, oh my, the soul off your feet shall tread upon, it is yours. Oh, he didn't say it. He said it. Brother Branham didn't say it. He said it. Glory be to God. He said it. You tread upon cancer, it is yours. You tread upon lust, it is yours. Hallelujah. You tread upon depression, it is yours. Hallelujah. What is in your way? Every place that a soul of your feet shall tread upon, it is yours. You tread upon barrenness, it is yours. I did not say it. This is the Holy Ghost in power. And I said the word will come in power and demonstration. He said it. Believer. Bride of Christ. Believer. Oh my. It is yours. I remember Brother Ron Spencer speaking on the word on the sermon and the title was Take It Back. Take it back. It is not the devil's, it is yours. Take it back. He took your family member, take it back. It is yours. Every place that the soul of your feet shall tread. Oh, glory be to God. It is yours. Let us sink down deeper in the soul. Let a devil hear it tonight. It is yours. Yeah.
Leute dann sagen, he said. Hey man. Because one thing you ought to notice is that Jehovah Jireh is in you. All the seven redemptive names were fulfilled in Jesus. He said, I go to the Father and I'll send you the Comforter. And the Comforter was the Holy Ghost that came. And the Holy Ghost is known in both Christ in spirit, now in a body called the Pride. Amen. So all those seven redemptive names is living in you. If you are going to take back what is yours, one of you ought to notice that Jehovah Jireh is in you. Jehovah Rapha is in you. Jehovah Sikindu is in you. Jehovah Reha is in you. Jehovah Shalom is in you. Jehovah Shammah is in you. Jehovah Nisim is in you. It is not you. It is him. Hallelujah. It is a uniting time. It is a uniting time between the bride and Christ. He's come to his garden. He's come, he's walked in there. And now he's fellowshipping with his garden. You see, he's appreciating, you know, all the beautiful flowers that he has put into this garden. And this garden is nothing but you. He has put in you joy. He has put in you peace. He has put in you righteousness. And he's come and he's fellowshipping with that garden. But you see, the enemy is always trying to sneak into that garden. But this evening, he's come to shut that gate and to shut you in with him in the garden. Oh man, oh man, I so enjoy the sermon this morning. It is you and him in the garden. The invisible union of pride and the Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Uniting time and sign. Jeffersonville, 963, that's right. Let's get ready for the midnight cry. Because I tell you, friends, we come. It is midnight. Amen. It is midnight. The cry has gone forth. Amen. As we read in Matthew 25, the cry has gone forth. He said, let's get ready for the midnight cry. It is coming. It is coming. It's coming in an hour when you think not. There will be a cry. Is that not amongst the unbelieving world? It will be a secret. Amen. He said the cry has come. It is not among the unbelieving world. But it will be a secret. See, he called his disciple in a private place. To make known unto them these things. 
and at this midnight cry, which is the message that has come, it is a secret. But the believer who are looking for it, you see, the stars is coming in line, amen. See, the Magi were looking at the, at the stars, and when they saw that the stars has lined up, they knew, they knew that he must be born. Amen. And this is the time of the marriage. Amen. As Brother Ed said this morning, the marriage is going on now. And one precept is upon precept in the bride, and line upon line in the bride, then he is going to come. Then we are going to be taken away. Amen. Because when the major saw everything was lined up, then they knew that he was here. And the light has come. Arise to your light. Amen. My, I'll try to close. Amen. Oh, my. Oh, okay, I'll try to close. Amen. Friends, it is lamb trimming time. It is lamb trimming time. See, the trimming of the lamb involves the trimming of the wick. Amen. Now, in the wick, is dig down into the reservoir where the oil is. And you see, the, the, the wick sucks the oil. And as it sucks the oil, now it can give light. As you know, as the light comes, the flame comes and sparks the wick. Now the wick can be enlightened and can give light. But now I want you to notice one time that as the wick is there and is given us light, there comes a time that the wick needs to be trimmed. Why? Because all the carbon and different things start to get upon the wick. And as the carbon and all these things start to get upon the wick, the wick cannot shine the light the way it will normally do. So you see the trimming of the lamb, the, the lamb and of the wick, it is not for the light to be clean and bright. Amen. But you see, if the wick had its own choice, it wouldn't have any carbon on it. Because its nature is to be pure. See, the wick, when you go buy the wick or you go take the wick, it is not dirty. It is pure. Amen. But you see, the atmosphere in which the wick is, the wick has no choice that it comes in contact with the smoke that is in there, that it gets dirty. And we in ourselves, we would never want to be dirty. We in ourselves, we want to be pure. Because see, right from the beginning, we were pure. And the seed in us is desiring purity. Amen. But because of the environment in which we live in, because of the world in which we are, we get different things that comes and attach to us. We get bombarded by the news. We get bombarded by that. We get bombarded by this. And the wick gets dirty. Now that does not mean that there's no oil in the reservoir. That does not mean that you haven't got the Holy Ghost. But the problem is the environment is the place the wick is in. 
Hallelujah. And see, we get bombarded in our minds. And that's the spirit realm. And see, the spirit realm is the channel through which the soul is wanting to express itself. Amen. Amen. But then all these sort of things come and they try to block that channel. And that's why it is important to have a time of tremor. Amen. And when they are trimming the lamb or the wick, they use a razor. And the razor comes and starts to cut these carbons out and cut things out. And if you go to the book of Hebrews, I believe it is the word that comes as a sword. And it starts to cut and it starts to trim. Because the light ought to be clean and bright. Because this is the light that the wise virgin is going to take to meet the bridegroom. Amen. And the light ought to be, this quick ought to be trimmed. And I believe we're living in a time that the wick ought to be trimmed. That we ought to be trimmed by the word. And if the word comes up, say amen to it. If it is cut in deep to something that you don't want, say amen to it. He is trimming you. It is for your good. Because you need the light. That is what is going to make the bridegroom. Amen. And we believe that we've got the oil. But let's make sure the lamb is trimmed. Amen. Young people. Oh my. Young people. Make sure you've got oil in the lamb. Let's start from there. Let's start from getting the oil in the lamb. The difference between the foolish and the wise was the oil. Friends, notice one thing. Not just because you sit on a message, believers' church, means you are a wise virgin. I know that is sharp and straight, but that is what it is. There's three kind of believers among the, the believers among the bride. There is the believer, there is the make-believer, and there is the unbeliever. But Abraham said it's among every group. The difference between the two is the oil. Young people, it's the oil. It is midnight. It is late. It is not to make you scared. It is the truth. 
this is not me. This is the word of God. This is your light. I'm not speaking some man's idea. This is the message. And the message is the light. It's the evening light. And that is what it says. That you need the token. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter which family you're born in. You need the token. You need the oil. Young people, let's stop playing around. It is lamb trimming time. Make sure you've got oil. Make sure your lamb is trimmed. Because it is midnight. The marriage has come. Brother Ed showed it this morning. The bridegroom there. And he's waiting. And everyone is looking to the entrance of the bride. And the bride walks in. And they stand. And here is the minister. And he preaches a sermon and that's all he has to do. But what is going to seal the marriage is one thing. They can have the ring, and that is good. But the marriage cannot be concealed until the bride says, I do. The bridegroom has said, I do. But what is the bride saying? Young person, what are you saying? Because if you say I do, then you are going all the way. Then that means the foolish jokes must be dropped down. Then that means the wake ought to be trimmed. He has said, I do. Make sure you've got oil in the land. Amen, young people. I love you, young people. But we ought to put the world straight. We ought to be on fire for God. Brother John Anders was speaking, I think, a week ago. And he said, if you want to see a revival, let the young people get on fire for God. If you want to see fire, if you want to see a revival, if you want to see God move, young people, let's get on fire for God. That don't mean you can say a joke here and there. That don't mean we can't have a good time together. But make sure it's all by the leading of the Spirit. And it is the Holy Ghost. 
It is lamb trimming time, folks. Amen. I don't know if I should go on with this, but... Oh, my. I don't know. It is late. Oh, my. Brother Ed, what should we do? Amen. Well, I'll take that for a yes. Let's put the stabilizers on. Amen. Let's get the stabilizers on, young people. Not that we're down today and we're up tomorrow, and we're down today and we're up tomorrow. If we're up, let's stay up. Remember every word of the soul of your face, your dread. Young person, as to you also. Brother Branham said, Christ is revealed in his own words. Now the stabilizers has been put on the ship. Great fearful ways are out here before us. But we know that just beyond that wave yonder, we are nearing the shore. See, we are nearing the shore. Just stay stabled. Amen. He said, We are nearing the shore. Just stay stabled. Just stay in the word. Stay with God. No matter how you feel, what anything else, stay right with the word. Let it stay stable. When you see all these great big clouds around us and storms are coming and atomic bombs and everything else that is taking, that is talking, that they are talking about. But our stabilizers is right straight in the word. That is what the stabilizer is. It's in the word. God said it would be here. We will crest every one of them. Amen. He said we will crest every one of them. Let the wave of virus come. We will crush it. Stay in the word. That was one time that the disciples were on the, they were on the sea. And I believe what the Sea of Galilee. They were on the sea of going. And Brother Branham said they must have come for a great sermon, from a great, for a great meeting, he said. And Jesus must have looked a little bit tired. And he said he laid in the back of the ship. And he said he was going to rest just a little while. And as the ship was moving on, see, the waves started to beat the ship. See, different things started to happen to the ship. And he see the disciples, they thought they had it in themselves to be able to stop it. 
See, they used everything they knew, all the experience they had of being on the sea. And they said, they, oh, whatever they had to say, they said everything right. But that still wasn't enough. There are great waves coming. The stabilizers ought to be on. But see, through it all, there's one thing they forgot that Jesus was in the boat. You are going through a storm. Remember, Jesus is in the boat. Glory be to God. Jesus is in the boat. And when he woke up, he didn't preach a long sermon. He said three words. Peace be still. And that same Jesus is in you. Let the waves come. Let a storm come. We will crush them all. Because we have the word of God that says peace be still. Yeah, we'll go right over the top of them. Yes, indeed. They can't sink us. They can't drown us. You put us in the grave, we'll come out again. That's just all there is to us. There ain't no way in the world to keep it down there. We'll crest every one of them. Because the great chief captain is calling on the other side. Amen. That's a great magnet that is drawing from above. It is drawing you. It is drawing you to the shore. The stabilizers have been put on. The stabilizer is Christ. He's in the ship with you. How many believe that this evening? Why not rise on your feet if that is what you believe? Why don't give a hand or clap to the Lord Jesus Christ? He is in the ship. He is in the boat. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We will crush them all. I don't care what it is. We will crush them all. Now, therefore, go over this Jordan. You've heard the word. Now, therefore, go over this Jordan. The battle is the Lord. Tomorrow, you go. You will not have to fight. That's what the word said. You go now on this. That everywhere, every place that the soul of your face shall tread is given to you. Young people, God loves you. And he wants you to shine the light in this last age. Timothy was a young man. If I'm not mistaken, he was only 16 years old. 
And it was of God's business. How much more Jesus? He was 12 years old. And it was of the Lord's business. If it is this here, it doesn't matter. God is still God. It can be dark, but there is light. And you are the light. God called no one to be the light, but he called you to be the light. Arise and shine. Arise to your light. This is God. There's much more we can say. But I believe the Lord has spoken to us this evening. Come and sing the song, Light of the World. He came down into darkness. He came down to you. He gave it all for you. It might be dark, but there is light. And you are the light. Arise and shine. Help us with a song, amen. Oh, light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart to adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to Bye. 
the boards. Okay. There's a source, source. shine your light not the message light when Jesus came on the earth and he said John was a burning and shining light in his season he says but now I've come and then he began to walk that it might fulfill the scripture and he walked over here that the scripture may be fulfilled the people that sat in darkness saw a great light so it's the same scripture. It's the same God today. It's darkness around the world. And we look for, for God. You know, the prophet came. He was a shining light in his season. But we can't walk in, in that anymore. That is a light. But that light's come to you. It's come to your address. And now we, we, we can't, listen, you can't depend on the world to make it for you. 
You're not going to be able to depend on a government handout somewhere. You're not going to depend on circumstances to change somewhere. But what's changing is what's inside. That's the light that we're walking in. Last year, Brother Jake and Sister Mary went to a Tim Hortons. There was a young man sitting there reading his Bible. Reminded me of the Ethiopian eunuch. You know, he was reading something, desiring something. But they just spoke a word. And something dropped in his heart. And he came here. And he's prospering. And he's flourishing. And that which he's desired all his life. You can't stop it. You give him a 10 minute 15 minute time frame at a New Year's Eve function and he takes 45. God bless you, Brother Marshall. His light has come. You all have a light to walk in. There's a name that you've, there's a place written for you in the land. There was a place for Ephraim. There was a place for, for every tribe and their name was on that land and nobody could take it off. And God has a place for you. Your name is written in heaven. It, it's, it's there. It's real. And you're coming to that realization. Oh, thank God for that. So now it's not, I'm in this dark place and I, I can't even, I'll tell you what, the minute you walk into that place, there's a measure of light there. If you're a believer walking in this message, there's a light that follows you. You're becoming that light. You're the, you're the light that shines in a dark place. I'm the moon. I'm the reflector. But there's a sun that's shining somewhere that I'm in constant contact with. And that's my light. And I'm walking in that. Oh, thank God for it. Amen. The book of Zechariah talks about a brand plucked out of the fire. Do you know what a brand plucked out of the fire is? You saw it tonight. <laughs> that, was, that was Brother Max. Just a brand plucked out of the fire. Now listen, you might just say, oh, that's Brother Max. You know, he comes from, you know, in Africa where they're more emotional. He, he's just more fiery. He's a minister. And we can just put that over there. You need to have the same passion that he has. Maybe you express it differently, but you need to have a passion. A passion to see the Holy Ghost live out in you. Brother Max can't take your place. You have to take your own place. You have to possess your mountain. You have to take footsteps and possess it. Maybe it's in a school. Maybe it's in a work. Maybe it's in your private place. That's a, a brand plucked from the fire. John Wesley was a young boy. And their house burnt down one time. And he was rescued from the burning house. And his mother Susanna said, You're a brand plucked from the fire. Scripture she always read. And you know what? It was fulfilled. John Wesley was a little man. I think Brother Max is, I'd say by all standards, a little guy. But I'll tell you what, he's a brand plucked from the fire. You have a little bit of fire in you. You have a Holy Ghost. You have a wick. You have a light. Everyone here does. 
I watched Philip playing volleyball. He got, he's got a spike and a, and a serve like no other. <laughs> I watched the sisters play and I watch every one of you. You've got a part of God. I say this, step out on it. Let it be your confidence. Amen. Every place that you step, it's yours. It's a promise. I believe we're coming to that, don't you? We're understanding who we are. I'll tell you what, you, you might have, if you can think about it, rejoice because your name is written in heaven. If you had the lottery ticket, the winning number, it's not even as good as your name written in heaven. Your name <laughs> written in heaven means that God already had thoughts of you. And those thoughts are being made real to you. And he says, I, I can see Anthony Adrian. I'm going to put him in a home where there's believers. He's going to have a head start, but he's got a place. And he's going to fulfill that place. And every one of us has got a place. Did you enjoy the word? Hallelujah. It is mine. It is mine. It is mine, mine.